Welcome to More to the Point, the extended interviews between KGB Texas Communications and innovative leaders working to create positive consequence in our communities. We hope you find them inspiring and informative. Today on The Point, we speak with Glenn Hammer, President and CEO of the Texas Association of Business, the State Chamber of Commerce. We discuss why companies are moving to Texas, how the Congressional Budget Bill will affect everyday Americans, and we take a look forward at the Texas Association of Business legislative priorities for the 2023 legislative session here in Texas. I hope you'll enjoy our conversation with Glenn Hammer. Glenn, you arrived in in Texas back in March after a long tenure as the CEO of the Arizona Chamber of Commerce. Um, What are your priorities as you take over Texas Association of Business? What are your priorities for the organization? Well, first I'll say it's a privilege to have a chance to be at the head of the Texas Chamber of Commerce. Uh, One thing I was misinformed on, this Texas is not a state, it's a country. Right. And Texas right now is the center of the free market system. It's the most functional, dynamic economy in the world. And the first thing we want to do is make sure we protect it. Uh, Certainly there's always room to advance and improve. But when you look at the fact that so many people are coming from all over the country and all Mm -hmm. over the world here, uh, Texas and the legislators, Republicans and Democrats have done something really right. And as the head of the Texas State Chamber, working with chamber partners and great organizations like 2036 across the state, we want to keep Texas as the number one state for commerce uh, in the country. So you're taking over an interesting time. Businesses are facing challenges with supply chains with the recruitment and retention of employees. Um, what does what role can TAB play in helping businesses address those challenges? Well, it's the meat and potato issues. So the workforce, workforce, workforce. So I probably am the chamber person uh, in the country who has visited more in person with chamber leaders and and the chamber members than any other person. So I've been all over the state of Texas and what do I hear? Uh, we need to make sure that the education system is aligned mm-hmm. to the challenges. Now, when you talk about the supply chain issue, it's, it's a little bit of a broader situation. It's not just Texas, not just the United States, it's the entire world. But I do think that education and good policies that make sure that we uh, incentivize people to work and people and manufacturers to produce are, are part of that equation. And despite the challenges, like you said, Texas is a great place to do business. Uh, Businesses are relocating and growing in Texas almost on a daily basis. What is it about Texas that makes it so attractive right now? Yeah, it's a great, and this is one, I still probably have my tourism visa being here uh, (laughs) nine nine months. Being an outsider, I have a little bit of a different different perspective. Uh, It's a few things. One, it's, it's the low tax, light regulatory. So on the business side, there's a sense that there is bipartisan support for the fundamentals that have made Texas great. And if you think about one thing, just the fact that Texas doesn't have an income tax and it's constitutionally protected, how did it become constitutionally protected? It required two thirds of both branches of the legislature to provide the people with a chance to vote on it. So that required bipartisan cooperation. What I found in Texas is that there's a lot of 
craziness in DC. We all know that. The gravitational pull of what's going on in DC has, is, is not carried forward in, in Texas. There's a lot more independence here. I think the other thing that gets lost is that this is just a great place. I mean, the people in Texas are extremely welcoming and it's with follow through. I'm just amazed that wherever I've gone in the state, people will follow up weeks or months later and say, hey, I, you mentioned so-and-so. I just wanted to see, you know, have you done that or how can I help? It's, it's, it's something special that's going on here in Texas. You talked about the importance of getting policy right and you know, we talked about the, the Texas miracle and that was basically um, the legislature and our political leadership creating the right environment and then getting out of the way, letting business do what they do best. So we just had a, a we're finishing out a 2021, it was a legislative year, we had a regular session, we had three special sessions. What were some of the wins? What were some of the things that didn't go so well for, for business during uh, those sessions? So, so the big wins is that also Texas has one of, if not the best uh, civil justice litigation environment out of any state. But this is one where you always have to work on it. So one of the two, two of the big wins had to do with uh, providing a COVID liability protection mm -hmm. for businesses, schools, hospitals, churches, nonprofits, you name it. That was a big win and that was a bipartisan win. I'd say another win was uh, abusive trucking litigation. Right. If just driving around Texas, you see a lot of billboards up. Some are stuck in my mind. Uh, <laughs> Now, what does that mean practically? We heard from a lot of small businesses across the state that their insurance premiums have been going up right. two, three hundred percent. So the Texas legislature, again, in a bipartisan way, uh, helped address that issue. And then there were other really good bipartisan wins, uh, broadband reform. Uh, it, and what I mean by that is creating a state office for broadband mm -hmm. uh, along with developing a state plan to distribute uh, the tens if not hundreds of millions of dollars that are flowing into the state, in large part because of some of the federal bills that have passed. And then there's uh, making sure on the workforce side, uh, my good friend A.J. Rodriguez, who is former chair of the Texas Association of Business and now uh, a big wig at 2036, uh, he, he wasn't kind enough to allow me to, to jump on as a dance partner to an important piece he wrote about community colleges and how we can improve uh, our, the, yep. the, the education and the skills that we need to operate in a 21st century economy. So those, those are some of, the, some, some of the positive things that occurred. And final things in the third special session, and I, I knew that Texas met every other year. I didn't realize that with special sessions, you could keep it going. <laughs> that doesn't for, always happen, no. <laughs> you could keep it going, but in the third special session, the business community rallied around uh, having part of the funding, $7.3 billion, right go to backfill the state's UI fund that was really depleted in large part because of the pandemic. Unemployment insurance. I'm sorry, unemployment yeah. insurance. Yeah. So anything that uh, the leadership in the legislature didn't get right or maybe uh, made Texas a little less attractive for business? Well, the thing that we're gonna have to work on, it still exists as we speak, but uh, something called Chapter 313 right. incentives is, yep. is, is a big deal. And one of the things that, and that's, that's basically a big economic development tool that helps reduce the property tax burden for massive capital projects. Mm -hmm. So you could think of projects all over the state, uh, whether it's some of the big semiconductor right. or some of the big auto manufacturing, Facility, uh, facilities that are coming up, some of the battery uh, proposals that are coming up, 
these incentives have been very, very important in helping Texas land these mega projects. Uh, we're going to need to work on that because as things stand as we speak, uh, that very important tool is going to end in December 2022. So we're going to have to work across the aisle, across chambers, across different groups to put together what will probably be a new tool because 313 does and did have some issues. They need to be addressed and that's going to be a big ticket item for us because that is going to be needed when we get into 2023 and beyond for Texas to be able to be a number one when it comes to not just overall job creation, but job creation in these big ticket items, space, advanced autos, semiconductor, semiconductors, mm -hmm. batteries that are really going to help determine the future of this state. Going into 2020, 2022, we, are, we need to start preparing for the next legislative <laughs> session in 2023. Um, a lot of people are pinning hopes that that's going to be a workforce development, that there's going to be a focus on that issue. What priorities do you have and does TAB have for the next session? Well, one of the things that, that I do feel is really important is that we make sure that the K through 12 system is aligned with the higher education system. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we know for the jobs that our workers are go need right now, and certainly it's going to accelerate, they need something post high school. Now, it doesn't have to be a four-year degree. Right. It could be a community college, it could be a two-year, certification, it could, or it could be a, an industry certification. Yep. I think most employers are non-denominational, but what we really are gonna need to do is make sure that our K through 12 system has students uh, adequately prepared so that they could jump on and, and do the next thing. And I do think part of that is being a little bit more intentional when it comes to the high school years to make sure what are kids doing in those years? Are they taking college credits? Are they getting industry certifications? I'm stealing this from someone, but someone said, you know, you know how you know a, a student is, is college or career ready after they graduate from high school? Is if they graduate with some sort of certification. So I do believe we need to put more effort into that. And, and that's something that I expect that the state chamber will work with other great groups to, to achieve. I do have to ask you because um, federal policy has more influence on, on the economy now than it almost may have ever had, or at least in several generations. As we're talking now at the end of November, Congress or the Senate is now looking at the reconcil reconciliation bill. Um, there's a lot of concerns about what the debt means for our economy, what rising inflation means. When you look at the, the national outlook, what are your concerns? Gravely concerned. I, I believe it's the most serious piece of legislation, the most misguided serious piece of legislation that ever passed the U.S. House of Representatives. It was not terribly well thought out. Right. You know, a week or so before the House and Senate passed a bipartisan real infrastructure package, and that's something that we will be working on at the Texas State Chamber to make sure that out of that $1.2 trillion that we're adequately using those funds so that we can meet as best we can the needs of really the fastest growing state in the country. So what's the problem with the, uh, the social welfare bill as, as it now stands? Mm -hmm. Well, it's probably about $5 trillion. We have about a $30 trillion debt. 
it creates all sorts of new entitlements uh, when our existing entitlements, like Social Security, like Medicare, uh, are under uh, enormous stress. And it also uh, creates all sorts of incentives or disincentives when it comes to traditional energy, uh, oil and gas, uh, and doesn't necessarily thoughtfully think through the energy transition. Right. I mean, we, we all know that we're going more towards a decarbonized uh, world. And, and by the way, Texas being the energy capital of the world, uh, the major companies here uh, want to help. And we're never going to get there as a state or a country without their help. It's not going to be some government bureaucrats in Washington that figure yep. this out. And just think, and just think about even the COVID vaccine. It wasn't like uh, some uh, grad students that were employed by Bernie Sanders <laughs> that came up with the vaccines. It was private the, industry. It was private industry. Yep. It was the Pfizer's. It was the Moderna's. Uh, and 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 oftentimes working or having a good relationship with the research arm. Of, of the federal government and, and our great university. So uh, that, that bill, our, our hope is that that bill does not go through in anywhere near its current form. And I, I, I don't believe that it, the bill as it passed the United States House of Representatives mm -hmm. will pass the Senate. So we'll probably get another crack at it in terms of advocacy world, in terms of looking at whatever product comes out of the Senate and making uh, a determination as to how we should best approach it in terms of our communications with the 36 House members in the Texas congressional delegation. Right. Anything else you want to share about the work that you're doing or TAB is doing? Well, our focus is on meat and potato issues. So we want to focus on workforce, K through 12 education, good tax policy, good economic uh, uh, development incentives. Uh, good, solid regulatory reform. That may also include some licensing issues. We want to unleash the full potential of the free market. Uh, and we want, to be, uh, we want to be thoughtful how we uh, communicate to our federal delegation. I mentioned some of the things we don't like, but I think that there's great opportunities to expand trade agreements. The U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement, Texas led the way every single member of the Texas congressional delegation, and they have some different right. views. I've been here long enough to know that, uh, uh, that, that there's wide uh, diversity of opinion voted for that agreement. There's more we could do in terms of trade agreements with the United Kingdom and others. Mm -hmm. And also, I really believe, and this is something I've felt for many, many years coming over from Arizona, we need good, comprehensive immigration reform. Yep. Let's start with DREAMers and DACA, uh, permanent legalization with a pathway to citizenship. It's very popular with both parties. And, and then let's work from there on visa reform and some of the more difficult areas, all while making sure that we do everything we need to do so we have good, secure borders. That's yeah. achievable. And I think that's something where the Texas congressional delegation, working with the, the great chambers from around the state of Texas, could, could, could help provide some uh, useful guidance. And also um, and an immigration policy that uh, addresses our demographic and workforce needs for the future. Actually, th thank you for saying that. I mean, you're tying it all together. We need workers. Yeah. So one of the greatest uh, gifts that this country has is that the best and the brightest and the hardest working people on this planet want to come here yeah. and they want to contribute. They're, they're not looking for for, for a handout. They're looking to roll their sleeves up and contribute to the greatest country in the history of the world. 
And we should, for those that want to do that, we should be welcome, welcoming them, particularly at a time when we need them. And just getting back to Doc and Dreamers, think about that for a second. Think about all these great people that kept the Texas economy going right. and literally helped keep people alive. The essential workers. The essential, well, I, I think all workers are right. essential, but I'm talking, you know, we're talking the people who were in the hospitals, mm -hmm. driving uh, the, the ER vehicles, uh, or, or, or just making sure that grocery stores, that people could eat. Yeah. Uh, these are great people. Uh, I thank them for what they've done, and, and they should be recognized, uh, not with a plaque, but with uh, a way to be legal in this country and eventually to be full-fledged citizens and participate in, in our great democracy. Glenn Hammer, President and CEO of the Texas Association of Business. A belated welcome to Texas. Thank you. Thanks for visiting with me today, and thank you for joining us on The Point. Thank you for listening to More to the Point. If you have any questions about this episode or want to learn more about our company, please visit us at kgbtexas.com or email us at podcast at kgbtexas.com.